Stay tuned now for the Racing for Heroes radio show with host Brett Morash on 1460 WVOX. All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, and uh, it's September 11th, uh, 2020, uh, 19 years after a tragedy that really set in motion uh, sort of the world order that we're in today. And I don't want to um, forget that uh, today, as, as I know uh, my military career, um, although 20 years, uh, the vast amount of it was actually framed uh, because of the events of 9-11. Um, and uh, because of that, uh, you know, we really, today is a solemn day, and, and so uh, thank you. Um, moving on, uh, today, uh, Racing for Heroes uh, is a 501c3, a nonprofit uh, based out of Virginia, but uh, we have a national reach, and we use motorsports uh, to provide outreach to the racing community, the veteran community, uh, really trying to raise awareness for things like suicide prevention uh, and things like that in the veteran community. <clears throat> and if you go to our website, it's uh, www.racingforheroes.org, uh, and you'll have a chance to see some of the programs that we run uh, to help support the veteran community. Um, so without further ado, though, we're going to uh, jump right into our first guest, uh, which is uh, Chief Warrant Officer 3, Mike Evok, U.S. Army retired, uh, who served in the uh, U.S. Army Special Forces, uh, which is otherwise known as the Green Berets, um, specifically the 7th Group. Uh, and if you don't know uh, really about uh, the Green Berets, Mike's going to talk about that for a little bit. So uh, without further ado, Mike, uh, are you on the radio? You got me, Brett? Yep, loud and clear. How are you doing, Mike? Good. How are you guys? We're, we're doing great. And, uh, you know, so thanks for being on our show today. And, um, you know, I, I did want to uh, thank you again. I mean, if it wasn't for you, uh, we wouldn't have Racing for Heroes uh, as an organization and really be talking about the things we're talking about uh, today. So thank you for that. Oh, no. It's, uh, I just enjoy doing it, Brett. You know that. Oh, I, I know. But the, the listeners don't know, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right so, on. I gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, I, I think the first question is is that you know I, I we've all heard about the Navy SEALs and you know Delta Force and stuff like that, but you know when it comes to the Green Berets, not a lot of people know what the Green Berets are. I mean, there was a John Wayne movie, uh, and then of course the Ballad of the Green Beret by Staff Sergeant Barry Sadler, who was a Green Beret and number one uh, song on the radio. But you know, what re really is the Green Berets all about? Um. Because, you know, most people hear about Navy SEALs and, and things like that because of TV and books. Um, Green Berets are, are similar except for a small unit. We're, we're 12, 12 guys. We're an ODA. We're an operational detachment alpha. And, um, you know, like SEALs and your Delta Force are kinetic ops where they're doing direct action. Uh, Special Forces does direct action. But most of our focus is on foreign internal defense and training the host nation how to take care of business themselves. And in intelligence gathering, pretty yeah. much. That's the that's the difference between us and and the, and the others. Is you know we're just a small unit, twelve guys out there operating. Sometimes half half an ODA, whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know that's the main difference between us and like Navy SEALs. For sure. And and you were actually part of a, a seventh group, right? Which uh, had like a focus regionally, right? So like when I hear like seventh group, that what does that kind of mean to to the listeners? Well, the 7th Group, we, we call ourselves the Red Empire because our flash on our berets red. Um, we operate mostly in Central and South America over the years. And then, of course, we did our rotations to Afghanistan and a handful over to Iraq occasionally. Um, a couple couple teams went over to Iraq to work also. 
Gotcha. And and I, I think if I'm not mistaken, you, you spent a lot of your career um, in sort of the post 9-11, which, you know, as you know, today, today is 9-11, the 19th anniversary. But you spent yep. a, a lot of your career in Afghanistan, right? Um, I've, got, I've got a handful of tours over there. Um, most of my career, to be honest, you know, was, you know, of course, I was in the first Gulf War and then Afghanistan. I got a tour in Iraq then the second time, a couple times in Afghanistan. But most of my most of my time has been in Central and South America running counter narcotics most of the time. Gotcha. So it's the stories that we don't really hear about that are going on out there to keep America safe. Exactly. It's the, the things that you don't hear about that the SF guys are going all over the world, you know, over in Asia, all over the we're we're all over the planet at any given day. Yeah, for sure. And and I you know, I think that, you know, when when people kind of think of like the Green Berets, you know, they, they sort of think of the John Wayne movie, which I believe was fifth group uh, back in the day was was in Southeast Asia, but now they have a different area of responsibility in the world. And then uh and I'm if if I'm not uh uh, wrong, isn't it true that there are actually like reserve component guys, uh, National Guard, that are actually part of the, the Green Berets as well? Yes, there's a uh, 20th group and 19th group, and I think there may be another one. I can't remember all the National Guard um, units, but yeah, there's several of those also. Gotcha, gotcha. And and Mike, uh, let me um, let me ask this question. So uh, you know, you did a, a full career in the uh, excuse me in the Army, uh, and then transitioned, um, and then you know came into this racing world. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? How did, how did you end up in racing? Well, you know, as a kid, I, you know, dabbled in it when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I always liked motorcycles. And, and then with age, I just kind of put a cage around me rather than flying <laughs> through the air on a dirt bike or an ATV. Um, just because it hurts a little bit when you land wrong. So, you know, I just got into that and I picked it up and it, it filled that void for me. You know, it gave me, gave me something to do. And, and, you know, all my guys hanging out with me helped me build the cars and a couple of them got their own cars and it just, it kind of just dwarfed into its own thing. You know, the next thing I know, I got 30 guys hanging out at the shops or at the pits with me trying to help out and see if we can make the car go faster. Yeah, I got you. And, and if I'm not mistaken, you, you actually are the 773 car, right? That That's your yeah. car. And, and, yeah, uh, the 773. And, now, you, you could have picked, obviously, a lot of different numbers. Is there anything special about 773? Yeah, that was my uh, operational detachment ODA number. Uh, that I retired from. So I spent I spent uh, most of my warrant officer career, which is about nine years, on that team, and that's the team I retired from. So that's why I, I use that run that number. Gotcha, gotcha. And and uh, and, and is uh, is like that, but that's like a specific unit, right? That you served with. Is that is that kind of how that number really is? It, yeah, it goes down. It's a it's an uh, indicator, a number to indicate the team, what battalion, what group they're in. Uh, nowadays, it's. Four numbers. They changed the four numbers because they got a fourth battalion now, and I don't really know how that number works. Well, that'd, so be, a, I, that'd be a lot of numbers in a race car, Mike. So yeah, yeah, we're not going to put four on there. We'll, we'll stick to the simple three. I don't think so. <laughs> and and you know, I think one thing I, I think that's kind of special about your, your car is it's almost like a moving, uh, although kind of like post nine eleven way, uh, a moving um, wall like the like the Vietnam wall, right? Can you can you tell yeah, us a little bit about that? Yeah, it carries all the names of all the soft personnel uh, that have been killed from 9-11 till present. I, I update it whenever we can when I say present, so it may have been. Uh, I just updated that car two months ago with the, the list. Um, so we carry all the, the soft personnel on there because, unfortunately, we can't fit everybody, but we do carry everybody on the car hauler that we've lost from 9-11 till present. That includes... 
the people in training also. Yeah, and they're they're marked sure. they're marked with an asterisk on the car and on the trailer. Right, and and you know, as you know, I I think that anyone you know, obviously today is uh, here in New York is really. Um, it was a devastating day, you know, with over 3,000 people killed. But, you know, as you know, you know, other people were killed either in Pennsylvania in, in the crash in the field or at the Pentagon. And I, I think that affected all of us in the military where we knew someone, at least, who had been killed on, on September 11th, actual. Yeah, and, let's, and yeah, let's not forget the people that suffered from cancer and everything afterwards from the, the dust and the smoke and all that, you know. Definitely can't forget about that. You know, that's a, you know second order of effects from the from the blast yeah yeah um, for and, sure and that's a fairly large that's a fairly large number i believe yeah it's it's stunning i mean you know every day uh, every day there's someone um so mike when when you had a chance though to found racing for heroes uh how why did you do that like you know why did you create the nonprofit? What what is like the the mission set well the elevator speech on that one was you know the the, the mindset was to give the guys a task and purpose uh, and when I originally started, I was on a board of another nonprofit trying to help them out, and I just seen that they were they they had a, a different goal, a different mindset, and, you know, and it, it seemed like they were headed towards propaganda and, and, and exploiting mm. uh, guys without that were missing arms and legs and, and things like that. So right. that's why I started a nonprofit up uh, was to you know be honest with the guys and, and take care of the veterans and not do it for a selfless you know just being selfish and putting money in my pocket like a lot of them do. And and that's why I did it. For sure. And is there any particular success story that that you think is just, like, really, I think, important to kind of discuss about, like, what came out of Racing for Heroes? Oh, we have, we have, you know, I have 9,000 texts I could, you know, put up of, hey, thank you for saving my life. You gave me task and purpose. Yeah. Um, If it wasn't for you guys, you know, I wouldn't have realized everything I got going on and just, there's, there's a lot of them, but I don't ever put those up because they're personal texts they send to me. So I don't ever put those up and, and flash them on TV or, you know, on the website or anything. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, I, I hear you. And, but I, I think that it is that really kind of community base that really matters, you know, where you're giving people an opportunity to kind of relive uh, and have that camaraderie that they were so missing uh, from not being in the yeah. military anymore. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's huge. And, you know, you, you look at uh, Jimmy... Jimmy's success with the drag car, and that's, yeah. you know that's his. That's what keeps him going. He's been through a lot of dark times, and you know Jimmy's one of the bigger success stories with the Racing Heroes coming on board with us. Um, there's tons of other guys that you know I just can't think of off the top of my head. That I don't want to throw their names out there, but you know it was they, you know a lot of the guys that gave jobs, and then they come in, they talk to us, and find out they're not the only ones. And you know the guys coming out of Walter Reed, you know you get wounded in combat, take a take a flight to Germany, and then you come to Walter Reed. You know, and you you lost contact with your brothers. You know, yeah. you, you don't see any of them for nine, ten months, and when you're done in Walter Reed. You know, you're out there waiting to catch a bus to go home, and then you know they're in that dark spot because they're used to having their brothers to the left and right. You know. Yeah. No, and and and, and again, I mean, I I think we have uh, racing for heroes. You know, you to to either blame or thank Mike. Uh, so I appreciate it. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, so I, I, we're going to have Colin Garrett on in, in a minute, and, and I, I know he's waiting, but uh, I, do have, I do have one. The Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Like, tell me about that, Mike. That's like super like late-breaking news, yeah. like if we, had a, if we had a bar here on the Yeah, um, Tim McCready, who's he's, you know, a very hot shoe in the Lucas Oil Series, and the Lucas Oil Series is the premier dirt racing series in the, in the, in the world. 
And it does, you know, this is a phenomenal series. And Tim McCready and his car owner, Donald Brasher, Donald was just a soul of the earth, great human being, great American. And uh, I sat down and had breakfast with him one day, and they asked about running a logo and teaming up and becoming partners. And I, you know, what are you going to do? So, hell yeah, we'll take that. Gotcha, gotcha. No, I, that's awesome. And I think we're looking more toward that, and, and hopefully we'll have a chance to interview Tim. Uh, and I, I know we're going to be having Jimmy on uh, in in a few weeks, so I think we're pretty excited about that. And hey, Mike, before we have, I, I just have one uh, question for you. Uh, I'm assuming you've seen the movie Talladega Nights, right? Yep. <laughs> What's your favorite quote from Talladega Nights? <laughs> you know, it's, there's a lot of them, <laughs> but I'm good. You know, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. All right. No, I appreciate that, Mike. And, and you get to be our first. Uh, person here, but so we're gonna have uh, the uh, other uh, part of shake and bake here today. Uh, we're gonna have uh, have uh, Colin on in a few minutes. So, Mike, th- thanks for calling in today. Uh, looking forward to it. And, and next week we're actually gonna be remote uh, calling in from um, from Virginia uh, down at our um, down at our headquarters there. So I think we're nice. looking forward to that. Yep, and I'll see you next week. Yes, sir. All right, see you next week. All right, thanks, All right. Mike. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. And, uh, and so that was Mike e- Evok again, uh, our, our founder for Racing for Heroes. Uh, couldn't do it without him. But, but next, uh, we're going to have on uh, NASCAR driver Colin Garrett. Colin, are you on the, on the radio? Yeah, I'm here. Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I- I'm doing good. And, and uh, Colin, I'm guessing just from your accent, you're not from up here in New York. Is that, is that true? <laughs> I don't have much of an accent, no. I don't know. I, I pick it up. I pick it up. I'm... Uh, it's not quite Ricky Bobby, but uh, I, I still think it's a. I still think it's from a, a little further south than the Mason Dixon. More line. of a Midwest, Midwest accent. <laughs> right, right. And and Colin, you actually are are like a no kidding NASCAR driver, like twenty years old, ripping up the track, right? Like you know, you can't even drink yet, but you're you're in a sport that started with moonshining. Is that that pretty fair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's basically it. it's accurate. <laughs> But you're not. But you're not running moonshine, obviously, or anything like that. So I, you know, I don't know if there's any skills that uh, are, are. I mean, I wouldn't say if <laughs> I wasn't. Nah, I mean, you can't you know. talk about it. <laughs> uh, so let me start with this, uh, Colin. You're driving the uh, number twenty six uh, Toyota Super Racing for Heroes car uh, out of Sam Hunt Racing, right? And you know, yep. I, you could you could be driving lots of different cars. So tell me about how did you end up in the Racing for Heroes saddle? So yeah, we. Uh, Sam and I first met, that was probably four years ago now at this point, 2016, and he was, uh, he came down and was running, or partnered up with a late model team here in uh, Danville, Virginia, gotcha. where I race out of, and uh, we just kind of, you know, grew our relationship, and then we ended up going to Canaan, to the Canaan series together, and uh, we ended up, you know, moving up a little bit, and then... Um, we heard of racing for heroes that was actually out here right beside us and we didn't even know. And, uh, so we went out and talked to Mike and Darren and Brian and all those guys. And, uh, you know, the relationship kind of grew from there and, uh, you know, we carried them on the car for, I think pretty much every race last year. Yeah. On the all. Quarter panel. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, in the K N series. And then obviously when we moved up to the Xfinity series, we still, um, I'm proud to have them there on the car too. So and, that's and, been really cool to have. So and, and uh, so you actually have so and and I was kind of going through some of your races this year. Um, but let, let me ask a quick question. So, but you actually have heroes in your family that you're driving for, right? Like two brothers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I've got 
one brother who's stationed at Fort Hood, the wonderful place of Fort Hood. And uh, <laughs> it's he like living in Apache a hairdryer. Echo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he flies the Apache Echo, and I've got another brother up at Fort Beauvoir. And uh, I don't really know what he does. He does something. So he, well, right, they'd have to kill all the listeners if uh, we knew what he did. I think. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. So no, but listen, I, I think that's awesome. And 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 you know, obviously, so you're driving for your brothers, um, and and you know, really getting the word out. Um, but let's talk about like your racing. So I, I saw that in the Hooters 250, you came in 14th, right? And in the Kansas Lottery 300, you came in 16th, right? But you actually have to start at the back of the pack. So how did you do that? Like, what's the kind of backstory? Yeah, so now that with COVID and everything, NASCAR is not letting us qualify for some reason. And uh, so that's kind of, and but they have up the field to where it's normally 36 cars, so mm -hmm. we'd have to, like, qualify into the field and stuff since we don't run every week. But uh, right. now we're guaranteed a spot every week, but we don't qualify, so we have to start last car or whatever, um, unless a car that's further back in points than we are comes. So, um we start last and we go out and we're faster than the next 20 some cars. But you know, a lot of these tracks is so hard to pass once you get the tires worn out a little bit. So For sure. um, we've just had to kind of play our head smart and go. And I mean, it's kind of screwed us in the long run with on in the races because we're having to use extra sets of tires to get by all the cars and stuff. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's still pretty fun to be out there racing with all the big guys and stuff and putting your name out there racing on TV. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and I, and I guess you actually, you have another race coming up, right? It's the NASCAR Gander RV outdoors truck series, uh, on October 16th. Uh, that's a Kansas as well, right? Is that, is that what I'm Yeah. At? So yeah, we'll be racing back at Kansas, uh, in the truck series and, uh, hopefully if everything goes well, we'll be back in the 26 Supra, um, there for Sam Hunt racing. But right now, I'll be in a Nice Motorsports Chevy Silverado, so that'll be that'll be pretty fun to get back to Kansas well, and I, get I, back I, in a truck. I hope so. Toyota Racing Division isn't upset about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not a Toyota driver, so until they start giving me money or oh, something, fair, then I fair. can do whatever. But but. Actually, but I heard you drive a Chevy Tahoe though, like that's because I think that's important. Like, how does the race car driver even get to the track besides Gulfstream uh, threes or something like that? I mean, you're driving a Chevy <laughs> yeah. Tahoe, right? Yeah, I'm literally sitting in there right now. So I'm actually sitting outside my gym, Trey Belcher training, and uh, just sitting here in my Tahoe. So gotcha. It, uh, everyone always gives me crap that I drive a Tahoe and race a Toyota, but you know, like I said, until Toyota steps up. I'm a Toyota. <laughs> I I drive a Four Runner, and my wife drives a Land Cruiser. So we're a Toyota family. So yeah, but, I want a Four Runner so bad. I want the TRD Pro. I think I don't have the Pro. All I have, black. I, I have the Off Road. So that I have the Do one you? step there. Yeah. yeah, I love it. But hey, let me talk about that race though, because you're you're trying to get into the race the following day, right? The Saturday race, yep. like mini series. So in a lot of ways, you're really kind of starting your own business, right? And, and a lot of this is sort of what I like to think is kind of the tyranny of sponsorships and ability to race, especially when you're have a car that's kind of already named as racing for heroes. Because you know, mm -hmm. I, I know you know there's really you know money if you will kind of going back and forth in a sponsorship way. But how do you keep driving out there? Like, what do you what do you have to do? Tell tell our listeners about how hard this is. Yeah, it's been almost like a business, almost um, just trying to you know build relationships with all the uh, different companies and stuff, and you're trying to essentially grow your customers. I mean, they're paying you to pretty much go put their name out there, so um, they're essentially paying customers. Yeah. So I mean, it's just trying to grow a relationship with all those guys and whoever, and uh, just trying to you know, market them, market yourself as well as possible. So, you know, make yourself as 
likable as possible for other companies. Um, for sure. It, it, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, but hopefully we can, you know, keep it going and get more sponsors and, uh, you know, get ready for 2021. But yeah, it's not fun. So. No, no. And listen, if there's anyone out there listening right now and, and you're looking to have a shot at helping out Colin, you know, please reach out to me after the show. Email me at, you know, moreashb at racingforheroes.org, uh, and I'll put you all in contact. So I, I appreciate that, Colin. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Hey, all right, Colin, so I got some fun questions for you, though. So I have, like, a, okay. whole, I have a whole list, and I know you don't know the list, so <laughs> I, won't, I won't do the Talladega Nights one because I, I, I know you know that one. All right, so <laughs> what's, what is the best racing movie ever? Uh... And I'll give you I'll give oh, you a no. skip if you don't if you want you want to skip. All right, how about how about this? Oh no, yeah. <laughs> how about what's your worst car breakdown story? Worst car breakdown story probably Watkins Glen twenty eighteen. Wait, does it have to be a race? No, car no you pick. It's whatever car. whatever just jumps in your head. You pick. All right, so Watkins Glen twenty eighteen that was awful. We went through like eight batteries that race. Like my guys could change a battery in like two minutes. It was the fastest battery pit stops ever, and. uh <laughs> It was awful because, like, every... Eight batteries? It, I don't think it was eight. It was probably like more like three or four. But, like, still, that's a lot of batteries for a race. That's <laughs> terrible. We, uh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah that's... so we got going on, like, lap three battery, or, like, all my electronics went outside. Come down pit road, swap batteries, go back out. And then, again, like, ten laps later, goes out again. And then later on in the race, did it. And then uh, coming out of the... Um, Went through the bus stop and then through the, uh, crap, what is that called? The carousel, uh-huh. the backstretch on Watkins Glen. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, my whole car just shuts off. And oh, I wow. come down pit road and, like, the engine blew up or whatever. I was oh, like, oh, no, my God. no. So, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. That is terrible. So, I'm assuming that wasn't cheap either. So No, no, not at all. <laughs> but uh, gotcha. I remember walking back to the trailer. And that was with, like, three laps to go or whatever. And I just, I was walking back to the trailer. And... One of the other team owners, he's a good friend of ours, Mark Rett, he was walking by, and he's like, man, if you didn't have any bad luck, you wouldn't have any luck at all. So, <laughs> gotcha. That, all right. That season's pretty bad. Hey, so I, I actually have a question for you. So, like, you're, you know, you're a NASCAR driver, and, you know, back when I was a kid, I was watching, like, Richard Petty and, you know, Bobby Labonte and those guys. But, and those yeah. cars were a lot, a lot more similar, I think, to, like, modern passenger cars. What, is there any tips you can give anyone out there? Like, what's, like, a racing driver thing? that you could impart knowledge on to like the regular driver to make their life better? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, this is not like obviously not DMV approved or whatever, but like I left foot brake a lot and that helps me a bunch. I mean, cause you're not, you're already on the brake. Yeah. Like you're not, you don't want to be pressing the brake, but like your foot's already there. You don't have to have that seven or three quarters of a second or whatever to get your foot from the gas pedal over there you risk it gets caught on the brake pedal like i just i don't know i've always left foot brake and you obviously do in the race cars and then uh it's blowing my mind just, even think of that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i can't write foot brake it is the most awkward thing ever um, and uh then i'd say also probably like just knowing your vehicle it's it's a big deal like just I know a lot of people won't be able to tell when their suspension, you know, just kind of fully loads or whatever, but like, it's just, you know, you can just feel the limit of your car. Don't, don't obviously go really fast, but, um, you know, just being like, I, I can take this corner at 
55 instead of like 35, yeah. which is a big thing around here because people like to go very slowly <laughs> on back roads. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I try to hit the apex in the roads down there when I'm driving. But, uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'll take you for a ride when we get Oh, well, I'll be down, down there next so. week. We'll have a good time. We'll yeah. go on the rally track. Exactly. I'm looking, I'm bringing, exactly. I, my kids are coming too, so they're they're looking forward to it. So Awesome, yeah. And uh, listen, Colin, thank you very much. We're, we're just down to like kind of the last couple of minutes of the show. Um, yeah. and, and so just, is is there anything else, you know, that, that you like to talk about? Anything you think I can help plug for you? Um, I don't know. I mean, just the... Uh, Obviously, support Racing for Heroes and the Rosie Network. We haven't really gotten to talk about them, but, um, you know, Stephanie Brown and the Rosie Network, they've done a lot for veteran entrepreneurs and trying to get them, uh, get their businesses started. So right. they're definitely a big deal. And uh, if you're looking for jewelry, check out the Jewelry Republic. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just I'll check out all my sponsors. We have them all on which, my website. What's your website? The American Dream Team. Yeah, what's your yeah. website? Uh, so I've got ColinGarrettRacing.com and then. Our team, our kind of veteran organized team, is ouramericandreamteam.com. And that has, I think, everyone who supports us, I think they're all on there. So, um, gotcha. yeah, go check it out and, you know, go support them. So. Yeah, and I think the Rosie Network, I, those guys are amazing. It's it's basically entrepreneurs who are connected to the veteran space, really small business, um, just, you know, fantastic folks. And, you know, if you have a chance to, you want to buy American, you want to buy veteran, that's the place to go in my book. Yeah, 100%. Yep. For sure. Well, Colin, looking forward to seeing you next week. Thank you, as always, and we're going to be looking forward to uh, seeing you on the 16th, and hopefully we'll check in before uh, you have a chance to go race, okay? Yeah, sounds good. All right, my friend. Well, uh, uh, so thank you very much. And so we're kind of in the last minute of our show here. Uh, just to, uh, And, and before, we, uh, before we end with our uh, Racing for Heroes theme song, uh, which I'll talk about in a second, uh, if you uh, like the show, please uh, you know look us up on our Facebook page at Racing for Heroes. Uh, we're going to be uh, posting this on our YouTube channel. And then if you want to see what Racing for Heroes does, uh, please go to our website. It's uh, www.racingforheroes.org. And then uh, we're going to be here every uh, every Friday at 11 o'clock to 11.30 uh, here on w, uh, 1460 AM uh, or worldwide on WVOX. Uh, and you can hear it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to leave you right now with uh, a song called A Little Further Down the Road uh, by Doug Lane, who's an Army veteran, served in the uh, Army band, and uh, he is a musician, and, and this is the Race and Heroes theme song. So enjoy. Thank you, and have a great day.